Gentle Souls, Shanarama, Shan Geek Podcast. Well, last night was a monumental night. Um, finished off Jessica Jones, the TV series. And um, wow, was it ever fantastic. Like, I really, really enjoyed it. Now, I, those that follow the show know that I am a big Jessica Jones fan. But uh, let's let's go back in time just just a, a touch here and to offer some retrospective and uh, and some background on my love for the character. Um, I came along with this character back when the comic was out, and it was one of those uh, comics that was getting a lot of buzz um, that people were talking about. I mean, I'm a, I'm a comic nerd through and through. It's probably my greatest passion, or one of my greatest passions. Or it's been with me the longest, I guess I could say. And I'm actually on an ups, upswing with comic books now, which I'll touch on a little bit of that later, if I get some time. But anyway, I, I mean, I've, I'm a fan from the comic book days for, for Jessica Jones. You know, I... Did I read the series from the beginning? No. I think I was about four or five issues in, and then I... Or no, actually, no. I was in right from the get-go. So, when this series came out, there was a show on television called Alias. And the name of the Jessica Jones comic was called Alias. It wasn't called Jessica Jones. It was called Alias, which was the name of the her investigation firm, Alias Investigations, right? And... Um, I remember, I remember there being a little bit of confusion with the with the series because, you know, I heard, oh, Alias Investigations, it's got Je- the character's name is Jessica. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, my first thought was, oh, this is Spider-Woman, right? I mean, the the art style by, by Gatos. G- Gatos is a, one of my favorite artists, for sure. And because of this series. Um, him and Maliv. Maliv was doing... Um, Daredevil at the time. <coughs> anyway, um, just absolutely great stuff. Um, and I was I so I glommed onto the comic book because I'm like, oh, okay, is this a tie-in to the TV show? Because the there was a similarity between the 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 logo, but also I mean, it was called the Alias. The show was called the Alias. There was parts of the logo that looked the same as the TV show and um, I was definitely a huge mark for the Alias TV show um, and you know it's it's that show that made me a lifelong fan fan of J.J. Abrams Abrams, Abrams. Um, anyway uh, so that's kind of why I got, got it and then when I back then I mean back then I was buying a lot of titles it's probably my the largest amount of titles I was buying was during that time, and you know it seemed interesting, and it was you know it was from this guy who was getting a lot of critical acclaim, um, and I was also collecting Daredevil at the time, and I was re- enjoying Daredevil, so I was like, oh okay, this guy's doing another book, I'll go check it out. Uh, this is Brian Michael Bendis. This is kind of uh, he'd gotten some indie cred. 
report looking at him a little bit differently in the industry, but he hadn't really quite hit that watermark yet. Um, I mean, he brought Daredevil back into the top as a top 10 comic, or probably a top 20 comic at that point. And now he was doing Alias. So I'm like, oh, great, you know, awesome. So anyway, there was a bit of confusion getting into the series of, you know, why I was collecting and all this, but, um, you know, an issue or two in, I'm like, this is really good. So I never get, you know, I never removed it from my pull list. I just kept getting it and uh, collected it right to the bitter, right to the bitter end. And then uh, I also followed the series in its next incarnation, which was called The Pulse, which was post alias, what's Jessica Jones up to? Um, which was, I don't know, four issues or something like that. I can't remember now. I think I eventually bought the trade for it. Anyway, um, I was a fan, and then when I heard that Netflix was going to do, uh, they were going to do some Marvel shows, um, and I heard they're doing Daredevil, I got really excited because I thought that Daredevil was going to be uh, akin to the Brian Michael Bendis run, which it was in a lot of ways, uh, but it also paid a uh, huge homage to Frank Miller's run. So, you know, paired two great books from uh, Brian Michael Bendis with two amazing artists. And then we got two shows on Netflix that have an amazing visual style. And like right out of the gate, Netflix launching those two shows. Everyone's kind of like, holy crap, this really, really works. And at the time, when Daredevil had come out, Jessica Jones wasn't quite out yet. I devoured Daredevil when it came out the first season. And I'm like, this might be the future of Marvel here. This, there was uh, so many things about the show that were so good that were far, like, that were far superior to the films. There's some stories that, that are not told well in, you know, one or two hour setting. Um, some characters and some stories work better in the two hour setting of a film. Iron Man being, you know, the most notable. I, I find with the Iron Man film, it was perfect for for cinema uh, and the reason it was perfect for cinema was uh, and I'm not, this isn't a diss but I guess it is a bit but I couldn't sit through you know 500 issues of an Iron Man comic it, to me it wasn't that interesting and in some ways I find that that first movie encapsulated the best points of you know 500 issues or whatever it was 300 issues of, of Iron Man it worked so much better in a two-hour window. They took, they were able to take all the best things of that year, of those years, and make it into one great film. But Daredevil has had too many great runs that you don't want to mash a bunch of it up into one film. Like the first, like the Daredevil film that came out with Ben Affleck in it was kind of the same idea, where they just okay, we're going to take a bunch of stuff, and we're going to take Electra, and we're going to take Bullseye, and we're going to take, and they just. It's like they've got one kick in the can to make this good. So they, they truncate storylines you know, and a hero that needs room to breathe. They, they you need time to tell their stories. And maybe with a super powered guy like a Superman or something, it might be easier to tell it in the span of a film. But for a character like Daredevil that's so nuanced, you know, why would someone without powers essentially, you know, with minimal powers, why would they go out and fight crime, but they're blind, 
like what drives someone to do what they do to take the beatings that he takes you know what like what it works so much better now with Jessica Jones further to that was the the run was was award-winning it was only, it only ran for I believe 28 issues which I collected them all and then I collected them all in trade later because I wanted them all still got my eyes on getting an omnibus of the whole thing um, the omnibus was pulled off the market and now it's been put back on but I've since bought all the trades you know it's one of those things that you really need to own in a hardcover it is that great uh, uh, a run it's just phenomenal it's really really good um, so with Netflix deciding to do Jessica Jones which was a risky proposition because as, as award-winning as it was you know I don't think Jessica Jones is on the level of a spider-man or a daredevil or anything like that <clears throat> and to use that as a linchpin in your Netflix series it's kind of risky because she's not an unknown per se but she's definitely not a known character not like a daredevil like, I mean, daredevil is the you know the highest the highest prestige character they had. Um, but anyway, but it worked well because it, because there was only 28 issues, I think Jessica Jones, more than Daredevil, more than Luke Cage or any of the other ones, made the most sense to do as a series. Had that been put into a movie and they, they did the whole Purple Man thing, I don't think you would have got to know the character and she would have just been some other, you know, you know, like She-Hulk type character, someone who's really strong, who's got some attitude, whose morals are a little loose, you know, with the drinking and everything else. But it worked so well. But the interesting thing was like they did follow along fairly closely, but there's certain things that they had to change. Um, Number one was they had to use a best friend for Jessica because, I mean, you know, very, one of the important parts of the, of the series is, is her friendship with her, with her buddies, um, but primarily Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, and it was pretty clear they were trying to do something special with Carol and they were going to make a movie and all this sort of stuff and they didn't want to relegate her to TV they wanted to save her for the big screen and I agree with Captain Marvel and the big screen makes sense and using her as a secondary character on a TV show maybe makes less sense so they had to find somebody they could use to be her best friend who are you going to use? You know, they threw Luke Cage in there, which was easy because they're doing a Luke Cage TV show. That worked. But who are you going to find to replace Carol Danvers? Someone equitable, but not the same. So instead of aping what they did in the comics, they went in a completely di different direction and they used Patsy Walker, who is really a, you know, a D-level character interesting character, don't get me wrong, definitely an interesting character, but I think by using Patsy Walker, it kind of made more sense. In, in fact, in some ways, in the TV show, Patsy Walker fits better than Carol Danvers did. And her 
were some things they had to change. There was a storyline with Captain America that they couldn't, you know, they weren't going to use. Um, there was a whole thing with Ant-Man, which is great. Um, and I think if they had done maybe a fourth or fifth season, we actually would have got the chance to maybe see Speedball in there. Because Speedball was interesting as all get out. Like, that was that was one of my favorite parts of the, of the, of the comic series the whole speedball angle and everything that came out of that and maybe part of that angle could have worked into a fourth or fifth season <clears throat> and that was the angle where there was a new drug on the street called uh, MGH I think growth hormone so it's kind of on par with what's going on in the real world where people are taking growth hormones um, but this one if you take a superhero one the DNA off a superhero you get their powers for a very short span of time equivalent to what you get on a high and crack or something like that right so I mean I mean street level stuff like it was good street level storytelling and really I find that the season one kind of started off and mirrored uh, a, a fair amount off the comic but they kind of made it their own especially because they had Patsy Walker and that brought a whole other side that really played out so well in the TV show. The TV show is excellent. It's probably some of the best television you're gonna get. And by limiting that series to three seasons, it does work, it does finish well. Uh, the last season is incredibly strong. I know some people didn't really like the second season as, as well. And I would agree that it was, you know, maybe they could have grabbed a different storyline, but I still like thoroughly enjoyed it. But the third season, the way just, the, the slow build, that by the time you're halfway through the season, you're you're on a freight train with no brakes, and you got to hang on for dear life. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to what they're going to you know what they're going to do. And the villain uh, Salinger, who those of you don't know don't know, is Fool Killer from the comic books. What an interesting take on this character that, in so many ways, far exceeded the comic version. That, that shouldn't be happening. The on-screen version should never be better than the comic version, but man, oh man, <clears throat> so much better. I mean, I was a big fan of Fool Killer in the comics. Um, uh, Fool Killer was kind of also a basis for my favorite villain, uh, who was called the Scourge of the Underworld. <coughs> uh, excuse me. Anyway, um, oh, the season's great. I can't say enough. And interestingly enough, one of the guys from work, he's, uh, he collects loot crate stuff. And uh, one of the loot crate uh, rewards was an action figure of Jessica Jones, which totally, totally made my day. <coughs> uh, excuse me. Bit of a sore throat here. But I've got that action figure feature prominently on my desk. One of my favorite things. It is just amazing. The show is so great. I mean, do yourself a favor. It's on Netflix. Most of you have Netflix already, so it's not going to cost you a dime to watch. Go watch the show. Season 1 season 3 are phenomenal. Season 2 is pretty good. Uh, if you've watched anything, you've probably only watched Daredevil, which we're watching season 3 now. Because, I'll be honest, I was way more excited to see Jessica Jones than I was Daredevil. Although Daredevil was incredibly good. <clears throat> Very well done. Um, in terms of the other series on there, Luke Cage, I, I did quite enjoy. It was different. <coughs> the pacing.
pacing and everything else was different, but it didn't make it any less of a, of a great show. Um, Iron Fist, I'm still a season behind on Iron Fist. Um, just about to start season two. I liked Iron Fist for what it was, but again, when you're writing about a character who's not supposed to be likable, and the audience doesn't like the character, and they're like, well, this sucks. Well, yeah, the character's not a likable character. I think in the comics he worked well playing off of Luke Cage, and honestly, I think they could have done Luke Cage power, like, they could have done them both, maybe, you know, halfway, or done half seasons of each, uh, feeding into each other, but Luke Cage, again, he has a, a, a um, almost a more interesting history for this type of TV show, I think Iron Fist less so for this type of TV show, but <clears throat> that being said, um, I'm going to watch that soon. Interestingly enough, I've never watched Pun the Punisher one, and honestly, Punisher is one of my lesser favorite characters. Um, there, I mean, I, I have collected some Punisher, a fair amount of Punisher, throughout the years, but you know, it's always been it's always been based on the team doing the book that I've gotten off on <clears throat> that comic book and you know enjoyed it. But as a character, really, I mean, it's just it's. In some ways, it's, it's nothing more than an 80s action movie hero with a skull on his chest. Um, which, I mean, I don't dislike, but... It was almost like a comic book... Comic Punisher is a comic book version of an action hero. You know, Marvel jumping on a bandwagon. Kind of like, you know, they jumped on the martial arts bandwagon at one point. They had Shang-Chi. Um, you know, to me, it doesn't resonate with me, even though I did enjoy the character in Daredevil it was one of the low points of the show for me I mean it wasn't bad but for as good as the rest of Daredevil was um, Punisher just didn't do it for me as much I don't know um, but anyway um, I mean that's Jessica Jones man go watch it go check it out it's really good but even more so you can buy the, the trade paperbacks I think they've got like the ones I bought are the um, I think it like works up to five trade paperbacks for 28 issues um, they're all like 15 16 bucks a piece which isn't bad you can buy the omnibus for like 150 bucks a little bit pricey but I think you could probably also buy the, the trade paperbacks uh, just larger versions probably for 30 40 bucks a pop <coughs> but do yourself a favor this is some brilliant writing much like on the show, I I can't I cannot believe the writing on a TV show that that is at this caliber. Like there's not too many shows that are that of this caliber. And to be honest, like a show like Breaking Bad, which was a perfect show in many ways, it was so well written, so well paced, so well laid out. Um, Jessica Jones, in a different way, it's not the same type of show in, at all. But I think the writing is excellent. And as a writer, watching how this is put together, how the show is shaped, how they you know work through the characters, seeing the character arcs, like there's so many different characters that have their own arcs. Like the balancing act of you know giving everybody screen time and giving them purposeful, meaningful uh, character arcs is rather impressive. But they're still servicing the story, which. I don't know, man. It's pretty damn cool. 
So, two thumbs up, two thumbs way up. Um, this show is just phenomenal. I, I, I can't, I can't say enough. And in some ways, in some ways, this might be the best literal representation of a comic book char- character put to film. <coughs> I don't think anything has come this close to capturing. I mean, this is perfect. I mean, I know a lot of people talk about the casting. I have talked. This is probably my fourth go around on this, but oh my god, Robert Downey was you know was perfect casting. He was so perfectly cast as Iron Man. No, he wasn't. He wasn't perfectly cast. What happened with Iron Man, and I said this before, is that they found a, a, an actor who could create a new invention, a new version of Tony Stark, and that's the Tony Stark that the comics emulated, and all of a sudden, uh, Tony Stark from the comics was indistinguishable from Tony Stark, the, the movie version. But before Robert Downey Jr. came online with the character, online, on screen with the character, that wasn't Tony Stark, he wasn't that character. He wasn't really humorous, quippy, you know, he wasn't like that. Womanizer, yeah, they got that right. Uh, A bit of an alcoholic, well, they made him a bit of an alcoholic in the films, but they made him a true alcoholic in the comic books. <clears throat> but anyway, but I mean, I do much prefer the the screen version of of, of Tony Stark. I do. I, I quite enjoy it. I think it's great. Um, you know the, the the Chris Evans version of Captain America on screen. I love his version of Captain America, but does it match the comics? Not really. But you know, I don't know if I always need a completely literal literal representation. Even, even Tom Holland's not, you know, a perfect Spider-Man. Is he the best Spider-Man we've got? I would say so. I, there, you know, there's pieces of it that that was that was sorely missing in the other uh, two actors that played Spider-Man. But I still think the other two guys did a great job with Spider-Man. Like I, I honestly think they did. Um, but that being said, I love Tom Holland's version. Is he the perfect epitome? No. But I mean, he's so good. I like this version of Spider-Man. I really do. But um, Jessica Jones, man, the casting, I was not on board when I heard it was Kristen Ritter because, I mean, I'm familiar with the work. I'm not, I mean, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not a huge fan, but I definitely, you know, like the, the, the actress for sure. And, um, you know, her turn in Breaking Bad, of all things, uh, was really, really good. I was like, oh my God. And then we watched um, uh, her show, I can't remember what it's called, that B-I-T-C-H from Apartment 23 or something, something like that. Uh, we watched that show and she's a completely different character again. <coughs> and we also saw in a couple other movies, like, she's a good actress. Like, there's, and she really threw herself in this role. And I mean, they get a lot of it, just the, even the way she dresses, the way she walks, the way she carries herself, that's, that's, um, sullen look in her eyes like she she obviously went very I don't know if she went method or not into it but everything about her the way she stands the way she sits um, I mean she's not very feminine but she can be very feminine Um, 
that, that's all pulled right from the comic books. Um, and I know there was, you know, some people were like, well, she's not supposed to be a supermodel. Kristen Ritter was a supermodel. But she found a way to, you know, to dumb down the beauty, the physical beauty, and make it more about, you know, she's just a great character, you know. I, I mean, she did an immense job. I, I, I really, really hope they find some way to bring... If they're going to bring any of the characters back, um, if they're going to bring any of the characters back from the Netflix stuff, I really want to see Kristen Ritter back. I really do. I, I, it's one of those things where you don't want anyone to play Iron Man anymore than Robert Downey Jr. Or any, you know, you don't. Uh, Hugh Jackman is Wolverine. Chris Evans is Captain America. You don't want anyone else in those roles. And I whole, whole, wholeheartedly agree. My fear. <coughs> is that they make a Jessica Jones, they add her to something later and they don't use Kristen Ritter because they, there's no one else you can use. And I really want to see the rest of the storyline play out with her and Luke Cage. I really do. I think her and Luke need to make it to the big screen. I really do. I really do. Daredevil was great, but he works really good in a TV show setting. Uh, the actor did a good job, and as a reward for the great job that he did, I think it'd be great if they could carry him over, but... Again, I don't know. <clears throat> uh, Jessica Jones, I don't want to see go away. I really don't. All right, that's it, folks. We'll see you guys on the flip side.